Hi everyone, welcome to the Blue Ridge Church of Christ podcast. My name is Phil Bruns. Thank you so much for taking time from your day to be with us. You know, when trials are going on around you, when life is a little bit more challenging than what you had hoped, your strength of character is tested. Well, today we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 3 and get some lessons from Peter's letter to the disciples that were going through some difficult times and what helped them in their strength of character. You know, the letter of 1 Peter was written to disciples that were in several different churches, several different areas in the outskirts of what we call today Turkey. And in chapter 1, in verse 6, he says to them that you have been grieved by various trials. There's a number of things going on that's affected these people. A number of, of, uh, of, of details that Peter won't go into, uh, other than that they have been trials, that there has been some hard times, which I think is so helpful today because it is a letter that's applicable to so many trials that happen in our, in our lives. But he addresses these folks that are going through a difficult time. And as we read through 1 Peter, the book, we see in chapter 2 some of the effect that it's having on some of the disciples that Peter is addressing. In chapter 2, in verse 1, he says, So put away all malice, all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slanders. These people were starting to hurt each other. They were starting to uh, talk about each other behind each other's back. Some were starting to be deceitful. Some were starting to be just total hypocrites and others envious. That's why Peter writes this, that the trials that these people were enduring were affecting their lives. Last week, as we talked about in chapter 2, we talked about three things that Peter uh, used to help them. And he first had started out that he reminds them of who they are, that they were chosen and precious people to God and that they belong to God. Secondly, he suggested that they should live as examples to, to, to others, living as free people, but not in the context of going to do whatever you wanted to do with your life, but to live as free people in the context of being God's servant, even if that meant that life would be maybe a little bit more challenging than what you would wish but they should live as examples to others. The third thing he talked about was just really talking about how Jesus lived. And that is, in fact, exactly what happened to him in his life. He, his obedience to God eventually would lead him to the cross. And, of course, it's those wounds that he endured on the cross that we are, have the opportunity to be healed today. This was helpful direction for these folks and helpful for us today in the face of life headwinds. may not be you know, the things that you are experiencing are the same that those uh, the people experienced then, but I know that we all have challenges. I know that we all face headwinds, things that might make life harder. Oftentimes, headwinds in life can just be taxes. It can be debt. It can be disobedient children, brothers and sisters you don't naturally get along with, friends that you don't naturally gel with. There can be tons of other things too, and they can all lead to a, a bad character on our part. You know, we've seen it to the extreme where desperate times call for desperate measures. Uh, the, the, that thought leading to someone being a thief, being a liar, being other bad things, other dark things, name-calling, harboring things in our hearts. Those can all be outputs of life headwinds that come at us. 
So we see in chapter 3, Peter giving the folks farther direction about character. But it starts out to address a specific group of people. Today I'm going to be reading in the ESV version. As I start in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. Likewise, wives, be subject to your husbands, so that even if some of them do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, and when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, love your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as a weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you in the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. My first thought today is simply to be genuine. To have good strength of character, it takes us to be genuine. You know what I just read at first glance, it could be fairly offensive. But I think we need to understand deeper of who it was written to, a little bit about the times, who was written, who were the receivers. You know, this is a time that was written in the 60s AD to people that were on the other side of the ocean. Peter had not actually met these uh, uh, people. And they're on the other side, different culture, different time than us today. But it was a time when the family religion actually was driven by the husband's religion. For instance, in Acts chapter 16, we see the jailer who becomes a Christian that is baptized. And it says he and his whole household believed. Peter addresses women wives of non-believers as their person, as their own person, which is quite radical at the time. Peter addressing them as independents, uh, uh, being their own person, having their own conviction, was just not done. Thinking of them as humans outside of the context of being husband's property. So Peter writing this to them is actually quite radical uh, for the time. He tells them not to have their adorning be on the outside. In other words, don't be something else on the outside that you're not on the inside. For the husbands, he said to love your wives in an understanding way. Again, believe it or not, this is revolutionary for the times. You know, he's asking them to see who their wives were, who they are, not just property at your beckoning call. So in Peter, writing to both the wives and the husbands is a bit radical again for that time. Maybe a better way for all of us to think about this is in terms of being genuine. Being genuine, true to who you are and who God has made you. What it doesn't mean is to live by your sinful nature, going back to your old ways. For instance, if maybe you're naturally prideful, being genuine doesn't mean that we should all of a sudden be about myself and just be true to myself because I am prideful. Or maybe you're just naturally a jerk. So just get out of my way. I'm just naturally being myself. I'm being genuine. Get out of my way. Of course not. We're not talking about living by our sinful nature. 
We're not talking about being something fake. You know, I was reminded of an old basketball drill that we did in, in uh, basketball practice when I played many years ago. And it was a drill that we were all spread around the, the court in different spots. And when the coach was looking at you, you got down and you worked hard on the drill, moving the feet, turning them, building, you know, uh, building your strength, moving as fast as you can. But as soon as the coach turned away, it was natural for a bunch of teenage boys to kind of just relax a little bit. The coach wasn't looking. And when we got a little bit of freedom, we just relaxed a little bit. Do you know, have you ever done something like that? We have this freedom that God has given us. And Peter mentioned it in 1 Peter chapter 2. He said, to live as free people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Instead of using our freedom, thinking about just who we naturally are, we should be genuine in the Spirit of God. True to the Spirit that lives within you. True to that Holy Spirit that is within you if you are in a relationship with God. Well, what that means to me is more like Galatians chapter 5. The fruits of the Spirit are love, they are joy, they are peace, they are patience, they are kindness, they are goodness, they are faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit that Paul discussed in a letter to the church in Galatia. These would be the qualities you see of being genuine in the service of God would look much more like that. And that's what it is for us when we are facing life ahead of us. When the challenges are coming. Is don't turn to our old sinful natures. Don't go back to our old ways. Including you know, letting things become priorities over Jesus. Whether that be work or school or money. But also relationships. Those things have all in the past have been priorities over Jesus for us. But our number one relationship in our life should always be that of Jesus. But sadly, when we've had a bad day or week, we are more quickly to turn angry or grumpy sometimes. We don't feel like giving of ourselves. We don't feel like coming to a midweek service or Sunday morning worship service. You know, a grumpy wife or a grumpy husband wouldn't win over their spouse. Nor would any one of us being grumpy win over a friend. It's where the strength of character and the challenge of times of being just genuine in difficult times is so important. If we want to be a light to the world, being genuine, true to the Spirit, is imperative. Being a light to the world, being genuine, true to the Spirit, is imperative. A second thought that Peter shares in 1 Peter chapter 3. It's not just being genuine, but also being steadfast. You know, we can't let the circumstances direct our obedience to God. We can't let the circumstances around us dictate if we're going to have a good day or a bad day. But that is really a challenging thought. And these people that are receiving Peter's letter, and I think for us, too. We have trials of all kinds. I continue reading in verse 8 of 
1 Peter chapter 3. He says, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reveling for reveling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and let his lips speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh but made alive in the Spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patient waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptisms, which corresponds to this, now saves you not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. When we're facing trials, as we see these folks receiving the letter of 1 Peter, a reaction occurs for them and it occurs for us too. We're facing trials, whether it be in the church or out of the church, at work or at home or wherever, when we are aggravated, confused, and we don't understand and get disheartened. We generally want to do two things. We want to be angry about it, maybe lash out about it to someone else, or maybe about someone behind their back. But we want to speak about it. Or two, we respond by crawling into our preserved safe space in our own little hole of ourselves. We keep it in because that's the safer space. But Peter is telling us that is not the godly response. It's not the genuine spirit-led response. He tells of having unity of mind, having sympathy, Conducting ourselves in love, having a tender heart, and having a humble mind. It's, only, it's, it's, it's pretty much his own list of the fruits of the Spirit. Unity of mind, sympathy, love, tender heart, and humble mind. We need to be, remain steadfast in obedience to God even when it's hard. That's why Peter pulls out in the midst of what I just read there, Psalm chapter 34, whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil 
and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. If we want to have strength of character, if we want to have strength of character during difficult times, we need to be steadfast. We need to be steadfast in doing good in the face of problems, in the face of things that make you roll your eyes. We need to control our anger. In the face of things that give you a headache, we need to pray to be resolved. In the face of things that make you angry at other people, we need to maintain self-control and offer love and goodness. Being steadfast in righteousness when there seems like there is not, there's, there's cause not to is so difficult, but it is possible only through God. But a lot of times, as I've said, and I speak from experience, we just move to an avoidance. We don't really get angry. We want to retaliate, but we don't continue in seeking obedience to God either. We fall somewhere in the middle. Either way, when you take a look at yourself, are you coasting along, avoiding making decisions for Jesus? In other words, do you find yourself in anger or frustrated over difficult trials that you are experiencing? And you find yourself more stewing on those than making a choice for Jesus, of looking to the cross. Do you find yourself more stewing on those and, and getting angry about those or keeping them inside than we are thinking about Jesus? Why is that? That is the question for you. What are the headwinds that you're facing that are stopping you from being genuine and being steadfast? You know, I love thinking about the author here, Peter. Peter himself had to make that choice once himself in a face of a trial. In John 21, Jesus asked him, Do you want to follow me? Of course, this is coming off Peter having denied Jesus, even knowing him three different times. But Jesus asking him, do you want to follow me, Peter? Not just once, not twice, but three times. And Peter said, yes, I am in. Yes, Jesus, I am in with you. Yes, I am going to follow you. Peter had so many headwinds in the following years. If he could talk to us today on this podcast, what would he say? If I asked him, Peter, was it, was it worth it? Was it worth it to hang in there during those difficult times for you? Was it worth it to be genuine in the Spirit of God? Was it worth it to be steadfast when it got really, really, really hard, like that time you were in prison, Peter? I think he would tell us that absolutely, absolutely, it got hard, but I persevered. It was worth every moment. I love how he finishes. And maybe reminding us of the same thing that, uh, that he was there and that he saw. 
in 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. You know, that holds true for us. It holds true for us that Christ suffered for our sins, the righteous for us, the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. He was put to death in the flesh and made alive in the spirit. And that truth holds for us. Do you want strength of character? That is a character that is alive in the spirit, in God's spirit. We need to be genuine. We need to be true to the spirit. We also need to be steadfast, focusing on obedience. This whole chapter is about living in a way that is affecting the people around you. Wives and husbands, living in such ways that, that wins the other spouse. Married or not, how you are living in such a way can win others over. How does this show in your life? The true love and grace of God, how does that show in your life? Being zealous for what is good, honoring Christ by the way we conduct ourselves in this harsh world. If we do better at that, people will make note for sure. Being genuine in the spirit, being steadfast in obedience, two keys to strength of character. I hope that was helpful, and if you liked it and would like to hear more, please don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're in the Charlottesville, Virginia area and would like to stop in and visit us at a Sunday service, please send us a note or visit our website at blueridgedisciples.org for more info.